Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and with me is Jay Jones. Good morning. How's it going? Going well. Not too All right. bad? Yeah. It we is are back at it for free for, free all, for Friday. all Friday and part two. We're doing part two of the prophecy episode. Fallible prophecy? Question <laughs> mark. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if you uh, if you haven't listened to uh, the the episode, the last free for all, you might want to go back and listen to that before you listen to this one. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we we start. We did this because. A statement was released mm-hmm. by uh, many influential church leaders in the um, charismatic Pentecostal Assemblies of God, Foursquare, that type of uh, uh, that type of background of Christianity. It's called the Prophetic Standard Statement. Right. Uh, they released it, signed it. Uh, Doctor uh, Brown, Michael Brown, mm-hmm. who has written several other good books. Um, who we I think we would consider him to be a, a genuine believer, genuine Christian, and we would just disagree with him on this and some other things as well. Obviously, <laughs> he's an Arminian, right? <laughs> but we don't, we're not those type of people that say Arminians <clears throat> are not Christians. That may come as a shock to some Reformed people, but um, not all Arminians, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> what you got to watch out. Though for George, that which will will get you are those uh, nasty, grumpy Calvinists. Mm-hmm. That's more of a danger, probably, to the people that uh, are in our circles. Yeah. So uh, this statement—it's it, a response to all these false prophecies that were made because of uh, Trump's presidency. We talked about that before, before he was even elected. These crazy prophecies that were being made, like he's going to win. Uh, God's told me he's going to win. I've had a vision. It's going to be so much prosperity, and then uh, there's going to be chaos, and Trump will try, they'll like try to assassinate him, and then a meteor is going to hit the earth. Uh huh. Right. Like these guys were getting pretty explicit. Right. Well, surprise. Um, Trump did not win. Biden won. Meaning they made Diddy though, Jay. Diddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the uh, the false prophecy, but this this is kind of just the most recent big upfront false prophecies. Mm-hmm. There have been others. They've been going on for a while. Oh yeah. And so they're trying to bring some type of accountability in this statement. Yeah. So last time we talked about their standard. They're like, if someone prophesies incorrectly, it's a false prophecy. They need to repent and show heartfelt contrition. Yeah. And so we examined the biblical standards, which are found where? In the Bible. In the Bible. <laughs> In Deuteronomy, right? Think thinking for a second, is this like a trick question? Uh, yeah, Deuteronomy 13 and 18, yeah. um, where Moses lays out the requirements for a prophet. They have to be one that even if they're... Uh, even if they're uh, they perform signs and wonders if they do miracles, but they tell us to follow other gods. They're false. Then they're false prophets. And if they say that something's going to happen, they say, "Thus says the Lord." 
this is going to happen and it doesn't happen, then they're a false prophet also. So even if they say they're a, they're a prophet of Yahweh, mm-hmm. because we clearly see there are absolute false prophets right. of Baal and, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> other false gods, but even if they say, I'm a prophet of Yahweh, and this says Yahweh, and it doesn't take place, yep. what happens? Uh, stone them. Because they're... Yeah, they're, not, they're a false prophet. They've well, they're taken, they're uh, they're taking the name of the Lord in vain. Yeah, they're, which is it's a very serious offense, right? And so there's no reason that we see that the standard has changed for judging a false prophet. Mm-hmm. When we come to the New Testament, the Old Testament capital crimes such as adultery or sexual immorality or being a false prophet, we would say that the New Testament version of death, the death sentence, is to be excommunicated from the church. Right. And we have we have warrant for that, right, from Corinthians. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying false prophets need to be stoned to death today, but I think what we are saying is that the standard for biblical prophecy has not changed. Right. And if you fall, if you commit a false prophecy, or you ought to be excommunicated from the church. Mm-hmm. Now that does that doesn't mean you can never come back. I mean you can repent. Right. I think obviously you would then relinquish all teaching responsibilities for the rest of your life. Um, what do you think? Um, uh, you know I don't know if it would be for the rest of your life because there can be genuine repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you certainly wouldn't be installed as a teacher immediately there'd mm-hmm. have to be a time of of testing i think mm-hmm. and restoration right so the there the prophetic standard statement has a man-made standard for prophecy right not only that they have different categories for prophecy for prophets right yeah so they say look there are genuine christians who accidentally get a prophecy wrong <laughs> Yeah. Right. But they're sincere. Uh-huh. They're genuine believers. We shouldn't be so hard on them. Then there are those who are continually wrong all the time, mm-hmm. but they're sincere believers. What they should be asked to do is to relinquish the fact that they're a prophet and, and move on. In which case, we <laughs> recognize that this person is not a prophet and we urge them to stop prophesying. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's third. Uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> yeah, they say then a lost soul, a lost soul who's mm-hmm. a false prophet. Yeah, uh, and you can see those t- th- those categories. I guess would exist. There's prophets of Baal, but there's also people who say they're prophets of Yahweh. Uh-huh. But no matter which, if they prophesy wrong, they're a false prophet. You don't listen to them. Right. Um. So I, that's interesting too. But go back and check all that stuff out. So here we are today. Okay, part mm-hmm. two. It's a, it's interesting. You know, we're we're uh, I'm sitting here looking at this. And they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of verses about false prophets, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, the old uh, instead as Jesus explained, as the Old Testament emphasized, false prophets are wolves in sheep's clothing. In contrast to true be- true believers who might speak inaccurately, and they talk about Matthew seven, Jeremiah twenty three, Ezekiel thirteen. All of these are about false prophets. None of them are about believers who speak inaccurately right there's not they're creating this category that there's no verses to back it up like if you're going to if you're going to have this um if you're going to have this 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 new category of prophets in the new testament that can be uh partial or in or or fallible 
um, you would think that there would be some kind of scripture to back it up, and yeah. and there just isn't. Well, they try to use Agabus. They do try to use Agabus, but I think we we showed last week that, and we you, discussed that. You at can't, length. yeah, you you can't use Agabus and say that he was wrong, right? Because he wasn't wrong because of the Jews. Paul was arrested by the Romans, right? And he was kept in prison because yeah. the Jews wanted him prosecuted. And we went. <laughs> that's and, that's the that is the the heart of Agabus's <laughs> prophecy, right? Yeah, that is correct. And they say, look, it didn't happen exactly as Agabus mm-hmm. said. The Jews didn't didn't arrest him. Well, they don't even think they have arrest authority. Yeah, right. They don't. Uh, the Romans are the authority. So the standard they applied, though, we went through many other prophecies and yeah. said, look, this is not how you interpret prophecy. Right. No one did. The New Testament doesn't interpret Old Testament prophecy this mm-hmm. way in this wooden of a fashion. Yeah. Um, if it did. Um. Then, then, like Isaiah fifty three is wrong, right? Right. Why? Why'd they call his name Jesus instead of the branch, Jay? Right. His name's supposed to be the branch. Yeah. Doesn't that, doesn't everybody know that? Yeah. There's a whole bunch. <laughs> we went through a lot of these. Yeah. We even thought of yeah, some afterward can, that yeah, we could have done. Yeah. You just can't. You can't interpret prophecy in this woodenly literal sense. You have to understand the prophetic language. So go back to the last episode if if you're interested. We talk about Agabus and this. We try. We refute their claim that New Testament prophecy is not like Old Testament prophecy. Because that's what they say. They reinvent it. They say New Testament prophecy can be wrong. It can be partially true, but it can have. It can be partially wrong, mm-hmm. and that's our example, Agabus. Mm-hmm. And so they'll use other texts, which we're going to examine today. We're going to look through uh, some in Corinthians and Thessalonians, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Now, before we do that, though, George. A little special treat. <laughs> Emphasis on the special. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one of the reasons why that we need to do this to maintain the biblical standard of what prophecy is, which we, by the way, believe that the office of prophet and apostle ceased. Mm-hmm. We talked about that last time as well. Um, people don't prophesy anymore today. We don't We don't believe that they prophesy Um those gifts were given for the building up of the foundation of the church, laid by the apostles and prophets. Everyone else builds upon mm-hmm. that first uh, generation of Christians' work. Yeah. Uh, that first generation of Christians, they did not have a complete Bible, and so the gift of prophecy was very active, and I think it was authoritative, right. and it was meant to build the church up. Mm-hmm. But what's going on today, I think, brings reproach upon the church and upon the gospel all of these false prophecies because they're these are visible yeah um you look at someone like Paula White she she jumped to um extreme prominence under president trump right um and there's videos of her prophesying that he's going to win mm-hmm. the election yeah and you can look this stuff up on YouTube, you don't have to be. There's not like some secret Christian YouTube. That's right. Where only believers see this stuff. Like the world sees the this. world sees it and they laugh and they laugh. Yeah, they think they, they think this is nonsense. That everything else in the Bible is trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, they laugh. At, they're laughing at Christ, making fun of it, mocking. Um, this is what Peter told us in Second Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this is what what is the wording that he used? The way of the truth will be blasphemed. 
That's what he says, mm-hmm. false prophets. Yeah. The way of the truth is blasphemed. And that's why it's important that we address this. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs to go beyond the prophetic standard statement. Yeah, we're not just trying to sh- throw shade at Wayne Grudem and Michael Brown and Sam Storms. Like, right. this, this is important. Right. Um, and it's... it's uh, we you know we looked at the uh, the video of Matt Chandler and his uh, his pirate ship, pirate ship example thing. right and uh, <laughs> if we're laughing at it you you know that unbelievers are laughing at it yeah now that doesn't that doesn't mean that if the world is laughing at something that Christians do that that necessarily means it's wrong well we're well they'll say you despise prophecies <laughs> right you're laughing mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to laugh a whole bunch more. But <laughs> it's not because I despise prophecy. Right. We'll talk about that verse yeah. here in a bit. Uh-huh. I'm gonna show a clip. Okay. Who found this clip? Philip. Philip found this clip. Passed it on to me. Philip. Did I Philip, passed it on to you. How did he find it? Where does he find this stuff? Um. Philip. Philip is the elder who's in charge of our worship service. I don't. Re- I don't even know how he. I asked him. I, I don't remember what he said. So he's not just a music leader. He's a pastor of our church. Right. He's an elder. He's yeah. an elder. Right. He plans our worship service. He also preaches and teaches. And but his kind of his thing is worship. And I really he's really good. I love that about him. He's actually write, gonna write a book, George, about worship. I don't well, know if he wants that advertised hey, or not. <laughs> hey. You gotta follow through now, Philip. That's right. Everyone's counting on you. You gotta follow through. <laughs> But I think maybe that he found this in his research. Well, he's he uh, he does a lot of research. He looks around at he looks around at different churches to mm-hmm. see what other churches are doing and, and their worship. Yeah, um, he saw it on. Um, I, I guess this is a podcast, "Fighting for the Faith." Okay, I, I'm not sure what this is. He he saw a clip of it and he looked it up, <laughs> and uh, it's funny. Miracle Realm. This is what this is called. Yeah. Um, so this guy, it it's a long. Like the video itself is what three hours long, three hours and forty minutes. So we're looking at what four minutes. We're gonna look at four minutes of this clip. Uh, this is a guy who uh, he gets up and he's going to teach the people there how to prophesy. Yeah, um, prophesy and declare song. through uh, spiritual songs. So he's going to make a distinction between psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and he's going to explain what spiritual songs are. And then give a demonstration. A demonstration. <laughs> yeah, you might need to turn my mic off on this, Jay. <laughs> You're already laughing. Yeah. Oh man, uh, this this is maybe the best thing we've ever shown <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Buckle we, up. We, we laugh about it, but I can tell you. If a non-believer were to come in here, yeah, what Paul says to the Corinthian church, mm-hmm. like if if I, if an unbeliever comes into your church and you're all speaking in tongues, yeah, they're gonna think you're out of your mind. Yeah, I think a non-believer comes to this church, they right. see this and they think you're out of your mind. The only the only good thing about this video is that an unbeliever is probably not gonna sit through an hour and a half of everything else to get to this point. Okay, here we go. You ready? There we go. But yes. <laughs> Just continue to worship him. The Bible says we come with psalms and hymns. 
which is what we've done. That's songs that you know. And then we go to a spiritual song. Psalms, hymns, spiritual. When you do a spiritual song, it's like your own song that you create. And he wrote some of the songs that you sang earlier. But for you, it's his song. But you have a song. So I want you to take a minute or two, maybe longer, and just start to sing your own song in the spirit, in English or in tongues or whatever language you speak. How many ready to do that? Most of you are. Two of you are like, I'm logically, analytically trying to process what you said. No, no, just do it and then think about it later. <laughs> just, <laughs> just do it, Jay. Just do it. Don't think about it. Do it. Yeah. Think about it later. Yeah. That's not, that's not good advice ever. No. You know, don't think about it. Just do it. The, the scriptures, the scriptures themselves. Um, oh, goodness. Let me see if I can find this real quick because it's here in first. I made a joke. I made a joke earlier, but. I don't know if, if I should say the joke on the podcast. Yeah, that, maybe, maybe not. This is the type of stuff that, uh, um, well, I'll just leave it there. Oh, non- here, non-believers use this all the time to li- get listen people to, to, listen peer to this. Pre- peer pressured into doing listen things. Listen to this. And what he said is in direct violation of what Paul tells the Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he contradicts it exactly. Yeah. First Corinthians chapter... Uh, 14, um, let's start in verse 13. He says, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So if this guy's going to speak in tongues just for a, a small segment, but people who are speaking in these unknown languages, they're not engaging their minds. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes on. And this is, this is where this guy just explicitly violates what Paul says. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind, mind also. Mm-hmm. He goes on. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Mm-hmm. And this guy just told you to turn your brain off. And Paul's saying, don't, turn don't, your brain don't off. disengage. Yeah. I'm going to rewind it a little bit so people can hear it again. <laughs> okay. Here we go. We're, we're back at it now. All right. Just take a minute or two, maybe longer, and just start to sing your own song in the spirit, in English or in tongues or whatever language you speak. How many ready to do that? Most of you are. Two of you are like, I'm logically, analytically trying to process what you said. No, no, just do it and then think about it later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're laughing. Uh-huh. But I thought about this on a more serious level. Uh-huh. Because we deny the spiritual realm all the time. You kind of know this is something that's piqued my interest mm-hmm. recently. Right. <clears throat> Researching angels, the spiritual realm. Um, because we've we've really I don't know if it's in the reformed world, we kind of uh forget about that stuff. There's an entire another realm that is not in this mm-hmm. uh dimension. <laughs> right. Okay, so here's a guy. He just told you to do exactly the opposite of what God's told you to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Who does that, George? Yeah, I mean, he's he's being influenced by demons. Like this That's it, what I would say. Right. Uh, now I I mean I, I won't I say would, he's demon possessed. Right, I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to this guy's demon possessed, but in the background behind this, this is demonic this is demonic instruction. Right. Turn your mind off. Just do this and um don't just think about it later. 
when you turn your mind off and you engage in these type of things, I think you even open yourself up to be influenced mm-hmm. by spiritual forces yeah. that are opposed to God and his word. Right. And I think that's happening a lot. Yeah. Not just in other, re- other religions that explicitly engage in meditation and chanting and other types of things, but mm-hmm. in this stuff. Right. If someone tells you the exact opposite of what God says in his word, you right. have to you have to take it as I'm hearing I'm hearing the words of Satan. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like he spoke in the garden. Yeah. To bring up uh and what he said in the garden was exactly the opposite of what God God had said. Right. And yep. I don't think we should take it lightly. No, no. Yeah. But we are going to laugh at this guy. Oh, we are going to laugh at this guy. He he God laughs at the wicked. Mhm. Because of how foolish their activity is, they they think that they're somehow going to, um, you know, thwart God's plan, or you know, they're they're wiser than Him or or more powerful than Him. When we laugh, we laugh because it's so ridiculous, and it deserves to be laughed at. It doesn't deserve to be taken seriously. We we laugh in derision because <laughs> this is this is foolishness, and what he's what he's claiming that this is going to do for you, um, is it's nonsense, mm-hmm. and it's not going to accomplish what you think it's going to accomplish. Yeah, that's true. I also laugh at this guy's haircut. <laughs> um, whenever I see like a fifty-year-old dude, uh-huh. and he's got his haircut like he's twenty-two, yeah, uh, and he's trying out for like a band. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'll take him as serious as I take his hair. Okay, ready? Yep. <laughs> you ready? Just start to sing. If you sing terrible, it's okay. Just don't join the worship team, but but it's okay. Just start to worship him. Do it for the Lord. Amen. And start to sing a song about what he's done for you. And that King David started to do that, and he would get a victory over lions, over bears, over Goliath. A new song would bring a new glory on your personal life and a personal victory. Just try it. New realms of glory in this place. New realms of glory are in this place. I see the swirls of glory. I see the angels going around and around and around and around the throne. (laughs) Sing holy, holy, holy in his glory, glory, glory. I feel like I'm walking on streets of gold. Walking in a new realm. Walking in a new realm. Walking in a new realm I've never been before. You can prophesy your way into it. <laughs> Worship your way into the glory realm. Worship your way into a breakthrough now, 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 now. <laughs> All I want to do is stand here with you. All I want to do is be with you. And, you know, when you do this at home, you, you praise and worship. And then after you play your songs that you like, you go into your own song. And you start doing this for a while. And then all of a sudden there's a shift. Like in, in your room, you're like, whoa. Then you wait on him. And then you start getting like a vision or a, a thought or a scripture. or a, And that's kind of how you start to, on your own, develop your own glory clouds. I'm not training you now. So you can start. I don't even know what that means. For this or that. Then you, start, you get your own glory cloud. You get cloud. your own glory cloud. I, I don't know what that means. This has more to do with pagan meditation mm-hmm. and enlight you know the the enlightenment of of Hinduism or Buddhism than it has with 
yeah. with Christianity. Really there, there's there's nothing in the scriptures, to nothing incur- at all that would encourage you to do this. Mm-mm. No. Um, wherever a prophet has some kind of vision, it's not his own instigation. Right. Like he's not he's not doing something and he he somehow whoa there's a shift. Right. <laughs> and, you know? It's like he's seized upon. Yeah. Uh huh. It's like he's he's uh, he's snagged from mm-hmm. whatever he's doing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> God takes hold of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. More. Because it gets better. Then it starts happening. Very much. Then the door starts yeah. opening. I'm teaching you what we do in our personal prayer time. So do that right now. Run. Like right if you're now, ever at like a church and somebody says this, just so run. Just get up and leave. I stuff that's going to happen in the meeting. I start seeing it. I start singing it. And I'm declaring it. See? Uramani, Amanani. King of glory is here. The atmosphere changes now. The doors that were closed are suddenly open now. The Pharaoh that seems so big is comes down. The Pharaohs come down. The Pharaohs come down over California. Over California. Some red hot chili peppers. Because of, because of course he's in California. And Moses' rod turns into a snake and eats up the magician's rod snake. Who's your daddy now? <laughs> Who's your daddy now? <laughs> yeah. Who's your daddy now? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> Some heads are going to roll. Because Jesus so delicately, lovingly, sweetly, tenderly decapitates my enemy. <laughs> so lovingly, so tenderly, so delicately decapitates my enemy. He's so loving. You got to keep going. Don't hang stop. On, Don't hang stop. On, hang on, hang on. <laughs> the first time I heard this, I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. Sweetly, lovingly. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Jesus loves uh-huh. us like that. And he's like, oh. And then all of a sudden, decapitation. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. No. No one saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine you gotta, being there if you're if you're an unbeliever? You got to keep like, going, though. You got to keep going. Oh, what? Yeah. It gets, it, it's just more. It just keeps going. Yeah. Here we go. As I worship him, he starts loving on me and start decapitating my enemy. While he was loving on me, I didn't know he was decapitating my enemy. I was just hugging him and loving on him and receiving his love and affirmation. I heard a noise. I wasn't sure what it was. I think it was a head that rolled. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly my enemies were gone, nowhere to be seen. Because I was standing in the glory. He put the worshipers in front of the army. The praisers and the worshipers went ahead of the army. They went ahead and broke through the ranks. And the demonic powers were dismantled. And then the army was behind. So as we're worshiping right now, God's breaking through something in your own life right now. I see it right now. Destiny doors are opening. The enemy had some doors set it shut. They seemed like they would never open again. But suddenly the door is open because you were knocking on that door. You were knocking on heaven's door and the door of your destiny. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Wow. Hi, <laughs> uh, George. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. That's... Uh... There's no words. There are us. no words. There are no words for what we just saw. I'm going to unplug this now. We're uh, not going back to that. Um, 
I had never seen anything quite like it. Yeah. Bizarre. <clears throat> Prophesying in spiritual song. And we're going to say, uh, how about, that's a big no. And that's not prophecy. That's nonsense. And I think the first part of it, <clears throat> when he tells you that, yeah. don't think about it. Turn your mind off. Just yeah. do it. I mean, and then and then we come to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, and we go, obviously, this is uh, not correct. Yeah, the Spirit is not going to contradict something that he's already said in the Scriptures. Right. And so if you hear something, this is, this is why you've got to be in the Word. This is why mm-hmm. you've got to know what the Scriptures say, so that when you hear something like that, it, it triggers a memory, and you think, I'm pretty sure that the apostles said something the opposite of that, and you, you go and, and find it, and hey. uh, you, you avoid this kind of nonsense. Right. And see, we don't deny that God continues to work in his people. Right. We'd call that the ministry of the Holy Spirit yeah. in illumination, mm-hmm. not inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Illumination. <clears throat> Stuff like this, what's so frustrating is that, that you, you it's not just this guy. Um, it's 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 this idea that you've got to have new revelation. You you need something more. Mm-hmm. When we haven't exhausted the sixty six books, right? Like we haven't exhausted the the uh, the treasures of scripture, and um, oh, we were just talking about it yesterday. That every time you come back to the scripture, it's like there's God reveals some some new way that you can apply this to your, your life. life. Right. And uh, I don't need something new. Right. Well, uh, you're not the <clears throat> same person you were 10 years ago. Yeah. You're not, right? Right. So I, you keep reading the Bible. I was thinking back through this, the, the different changes of my life that even happened as an adult. Yeah. Like I went to college. I'm not that same person. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't the same person that I was then when I was in the army. I'm not the same person I was when I'm in the army. Right. I'm not even the same person that I was in seminary. Yeah. Um, and so you go back. You're growing and changing mm-hmm. as you. you sh- that's how life should be. Right. You should be growing and changing as a person. And then you come back to the Bible and you're like, oh wow, like, <laughs> right. not that there's something new. That it's that this applies to my life right. now in a way it, or, ne- or it you, never even could have. Been. Or you understand it in a deeper way. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Paul and Col- Colossians, he he talks about um, send this letter to the to the church in Laodicea and and make sure you read the letter that I wrote to them. Uh-huh. And you think, where is this this lost letter to Laodicea? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people they they want to read that letter. Mm-hmm. I I don't even fully understand Colossians. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't. I don't need another book. Right now, <laughs> I need to understand the ones that mm-hmm. that are here that God has revealed to us, and uh, but it's uh, it it just seems to be human nature that we want something more. Mm-hmm. We always want more. That that goes all the way back to the garden. Mm-hmm. God has given them every tree for food except one. They have they have fellowship with their Creator. Christ walks with them in the garden. Um. And the the serpent comes and and he tempts her with more. Right. You can you can know more. You can you can be like God. God <clears throat> is keeping this from you, and uh, she wants more. Yeah. And that that's the that's what we all are are constantly being tempted with is we want more than what God has 
has given to us. And we have a wise and good God who um, provides for us and gives us everything that we need. And we have everything we need in the 66 books of Scripture. And if we need something else, yeah, um, that it, it that's out, outside of this book? Like, what does that say about God's character? Yeah. And we dealt with why we believe the gift of prophecy ceased last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they'll, what the accus, well, we need to deal uh, more this time with the time we've got left with the reasons why they say New Testament prophecy is partial. They say yeah. it's got to be tested, right? And a, so we'll deal with that. But first, let's deal with this, George. They'll, uh, they'll say to us, "You despise prophecy." Right. You guys are laughing at the video, mm-hmm. um, even mocking. Um, you guys despise prophecy. That's in direct contradiction to God's word because God tells us not to despise prophecy. Right. Right in First Thessalon- uh, Thessalonians, chapter five, verse uh, nineteen. Yeah, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So, what do we say to that? Well, they say you despise prophecy. You see, you're, you're not to despise it because there's good parts of prophecy. What you're to do today in the New Testament is you should not listen to guys that are partially wrong. Mm-hmm. Or teach wrong things, but you should hold on to what's good. So test it. Yeah. So what do we say to that? Well, I think the first thing that we need to do, and the first thing you should do when you you come to the text of scripture, any any text of scripture, is immediate context. Uh huh. <clears throat> Paul is not writing this to um, Jay and George in 2021. He's writing it to the Thessalonians in mid 50s late 50s mm-hmm. um somewhere around there um when prophecy is still active yes um so the first thing we have to do and it goes back to corinthians also um a, a lot you know everything that he's talking about with the spiritual gifts are because of of the situation in corinth mm-hmm. um so the first thing that we have to do is we have to ask you know why is paul writing this in the first place what He's writing this to Christians who there are prophets. Right. Um, the the gift of prophecy was active in the early church. Um, they were laying the foundation for the for the church. The apostles and the prophets are laying the foundation, right. and so they are active. They're, that and they're necessary. They they don't have they don't have the completed canon. Right. They've got the Old Testament, um, and they've got you know uh, some of. Maybe a handful of Paul's letters, maybe. Right. Yep. Um, and uh, they they don't have the full the full revelation, and so the prophets are they are vital. They're they're necessary for the church, and so he's telling them don't don't despise prophecy. Very early on, they may not even have had a gospel. Right. Um, and so the spirits ministering to the church, and I do believe it was authoritative. Right. That someone would would minister uh, and prophesy. Um, now, authoritative in the sense that it is teaching the church how to live, mm-hmm. uh, people how to live in God's world. Right. And then once we have all of this together, then um, that ministry is no longer needed. That's kind of the case we made last time. But why they, does it need to be tested? Does it need to be tested because? Some of it's good, and we should keep it, and some of that prophet's words are bad, we should toss that away. I don't think he's distinguishing between um, 
the prophet saying some good things and some bad things. I think right. he's, I think he's distinguishing between true prophets and false prophets uh, yes. because there are false prophets in the early church. Yes, and we we've been talking about that in mm-hmm. in Second Peter. Uh, so I don't think he's saying now pay attention to what this one prophet's saying because some of it may be good. And some of it may be, well, I saw a pirate ship and there were cannons and a shark and does this mean something to you? Right. I, I don't think that's what he's I don't think that's what he's saying at all. I think he's saying um distinguish between true prophets and false prophets. Yeah, yeah. And abstain from every form of evil. That's linked <clears throat> right. onto the back of it. Yeah. So okay, so then now let's jump over to Corinthians because okay. there's some that we need to deal with in here. Yeah. Right. because um, he tells Maybe we should deal with this first, where we say um, that we should desire prophecies, doesn't he? And yeah. so people would say today, say, hey, look, you guys shouldn't be saying that. You should actually be desiring that you would prophesy. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, how, how do we answer that in context then? Well, um, I mean, we go back to, we've got to go back to uh, to chapter 12 to this, it, it's forming a, a unit, 12 yeah. through 14 are, yeah. are one in case they're wondering, it's fourteen one right. to, that we're to earnestly desire the mm-hmm. spiritual gifts, especially right. that you prophesy. Right. Um, so what's going on in Corinth, and and this is uh, this, you can see this throughout the entire book, is that they are splitting into factions. Mm-hmm. Um, you you go all the way back to to chapter one, and they're they're splitting. I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. I follow Paul. Oh, and there's the su- you know the super spiritual the people. super apostles. Oh, there's the super spiritual people. Oh, I, I only follow Jesus, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> and it's not it's not meant as um, I, you know I just want the Bible. It's look at me. <laughs> I'm I'm in the I'm in the super spiritual camp. Yeah. Um, and so this carries over into chapters twelve through fourteen, where you've got the people who um, claim to be able to prophesy and they're able to speak in tongues and they're splitting and and there's people that are saying well uh, we're we're more spiritual than you because we can speak in tongues tongues we're more spiritual than you because we can prophesy and you know what's your spiritual gift oh service cleaning toilets <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right look at you like that's not yeah that's not all that special um and so he's he's dealing with this so uh, chapter 12 is is dealing with the fact we all are parts of the body, and one part of the body can't say to another, "I don't need you." Right. Um, if if the whole body was an eye, where would be its sense of smell, or <laughs> how could it hear? Um, like Ed, he's he's making fun of these people who are, well, we're we're super spiritual because we can speak in tongues. We don't need these, we don't need these people um, over here, um, and so. Um, He's he's gone a long ways to to say that um, prophecy, speaking in tongues, these are not the these are not the things that we need to be aiming for the most. Mm-hmm. So, chapter thirteen, the love chapter, it's not a chapter that Paul all of a sudden breaks off and starts talking about you know weddings. Like this is in the context of spiritual gifts. Um, earnestly desire the 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 greater gifts, mm-hmm. love. Is the supreme the supreme thing that the church is supposed to be aiming for? Because prophecies are going to are going to cease. Um, uh, all, all these things are are going to to pass away, but love love will be forever. Mm-hmm. 
But now in chapter 14, he has to make sure that they're not misunderstanding him. He's not saying we don't need spiritual gifts. Um, and he, he, so he goes on and says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And especially that you would prophesy. Yeah. So prophecy does have its place Yes. Um, in the early church. And uh, he wants to make sure that we don't despise it, but we, he wants to make sure it's in its proper place. Yes. Because God has organized the church in a certain way, um, not so one person can um, exalt themselves above everyone else, but right. so that they understand God has placed you in this particular place. He's given you this, this particular spiritual gift so that you can build up the, the, body the church, the church yeah. not not yourself, but uh-huh. others. Yes, and so I, I think that's what's going on. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and so we would agree. We just don't think it applies today because right. we have completed prophecy. Right. We have so, God's word. So in in application for us, do not despise prophecy. Um, we could interpret that as read your Bible. Don't despise the Bible. Don't despise it. Um, don't don't, don't put, stand don't... up on stage and tell people to do exactly what the Bible <laughs> tells them not to do. Right. That would be despising prophecy. Read your Bible, meditate upon it, and then do what it says. Mm-hmm. And in that way, we're obeying what Paul says, don't despise prophecy. Right. And um, we are the benefactors of the gift of prophecy in the early church because we have that's right we have the the completed scriptures very good very good that that's are right. uh, they're the product of prophecy yeah you preach through first corinthians and second corinthians correct not uh did second, second, second corinthians? corinthians was uh like a week long intensive bible study i did okay. um first corinthians i i preached that uh for about a year and a half did you find it very beneficial oh yeah Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. It was uh, so when I when I got here um, in 2015, I started with uh, just the gospel mm-hmm. because I wanted to make sure we were all on the same page about what the gospel was. Then I did Malachi um, to get into worship, right? Right worship, and then I jumped in the First Corinthians because it's all about the church. Yeah, like what is the church supposed to look like? Mm-hmm. And uh, with so many churches that fight and are run you know, poorly or incorrectly, or there's pride and arrogance, and they mm-hmm. have, you know, they have church, churches split. First Corinthians is a great yeah. book to look at because, it's and it's also, it's also an encouragement that um, even the even the worst of churches, uh, God, God still will preserve his people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the beginning and the end of First Corinthians because he addresses them as brothers. Yeah, yeah. And this is a church that you wouldn't visit twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's messed up. Uh, so it gives it uh, it gives it gives you encouragement when you're in a church and it uh, you know we're so prone to uh, criticize yeah. and find fault with uh, the leadership or the people around us or you know. Where's you know? Why aren't we having a, a greeting time? <laughs> you know, why aren't we having a welcome time? Or right. why aren't we passing an offering plate? Yeah. And it reminds us that um, even the even the church where we don't like everything that's going on, God is still He's still at work, and He's He was still at work in the Corinthians. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a great book to go through. Hmm. It's been a while though, so when you ask me specifics, how'd you preach this? I gotta walk. I gotta. <laughs> 
<laughs> I gotta, I gotta think about it for a little bit because yeah, I know, it's, it's been, thing, it's yeah. been, uh, yeah, goodness, it's been, it's been four years since I May, preached. Longer it. than that, man. Maybe Probably five. about four and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, we came here. I came here a, a tiny bit before you, mm -hmm. before we merged. Our churches merged. If right. you aren't familiar on this podcast, we merged into one three years ago. So when I started the church, mm -hmm. I started with the gospel, the solas, then I did. Um, Philippians. So if you ask me the same thing, yeah, I'd be like, uh, let me think uh, about let it. Me, yeah, <laughs> a while back. What yeah. I do with it? yeah, but there are there's not a lot of really difficult stuff in Philippians. Yeah, um, get to make fun of basketball players writing Philippians four thirteen on their shoe, right? Uh, stuff like that. It's yeah. a good book though. It's all about partnership in the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good book when you're starting a church out. Um, so, um, but it, you know, first first Corinthians twelve through fourteen is very applicable to to our modern church, even though we don't believe that prophecy or speaking in tongues continues. And I, I preached a sermon on cessationism, that the miraculous gifts right. ended. What's so funny is I I went through <laughs> and did, it was a more topical sermon. We were, we were starting chapter 14. I actually have my notes right here. Um, and uh, we, we started 14, and so I wanted to make sure we they knew where I was coming from. And so I, I did a sermon on here's, here's the big reasons why I think that the gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues has ceased. Okay. And uh, I thought it went pretty well. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, uh, it was a hard sermon to prepare for because I'd, I'd never thought about it intensely before. Um, get done, and uh, one of my deacons comes to me. Uh, the next day, and he says that one of the guys in the church uh, came up to him after the sermon. And was like, "So, what? Uh, what do you what do you think about our pastor telling us that uh, we can still speak in tongues nowadays?" <laughs> <laughs> you can you can be the most careful pastor, and there can be people in so your he, church that hear the exact he opposite the exact of what opposite. you what That's you're correct. actually saying. Yeah. You were super encouraged. Very encouraged. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is the guy that we've talked about before that said that he didn't believe that we were saved by grace alone. So okay. uh, he uh, at at best at best he was very confused spiritually. At worst, he he may not have even been a believer. So not yeah. not super surprised when someone like that hears the exact opposite of what you. Are right. saying right, right, um, but uh, yeah. So I, I preached, I preached through this, and and uh, I, I taught that the, the miraculous gifts have ceased. Yeah, but uh, that doesn't mean that we can just rip, you know, First Corinthians fourteen out of our Bible. Yeah, because the the main the main point is we're supposed to love one another in the church. We're supposed to serve one another in the church. The problem with the Corinthians in chapter 14 is that they're fighting over which spiritual gifts are the best. And yeah, and he says, look, when when the perfect comes, and I think we both believe that's the return of Christ. I think so, yeah. Um, all of this, there won't be, all these things will be gone but love. Yeah. I, I don't think that you can look at um, the end of 1 Corinthians 13 and use that as a proof text for cessationism. I agree. Um, it does indicate that prophecies and tongues will cease at some time. So there is <clears throat> there is time. there is indication that these are not forever. But I don't know if I could look at you know verse uh, what is that verse eight and say 
look, this is this is teaching cessationism. Right. I think that um, we can look at the way that gifts are being used and the way they're being described. And uh, I think even as you go to Paul's later letters to Timothy and the lack of emphasis on prophecy and speaking in tongues and these miraculous gifts and the uh, the greater emphasis on the scriptures. You can see that there. You can see that there is a shift a taking trend. place. Right. That the later the later letters are focusing on. Okay, I'm I'm about to die. What's most important? Not that there's this continual gift of prophecy. Right. But that there's a continual emphasis and devotion to the word. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think you, you can see that. Yeah. And um, the the early church that this is not a this is not like a reformation or post reformation view. Um, even as early as um, I, I was reading to you before we started first Clement mm-hmm. where he he describes the apostles as establishing not more pro, not more apostles they're not going around establishing apostles um, or even prophets they're establishing bishops or or elders term pastors for, term for elder pastor. and deacons for the future believers mm-hmm. so what what is the on what are the ongoing and offices that, and he it's wrote that in 90 AD probably around the 90s yeah the apostle john may have still been alive there's debate i mean we could get into the whole his revelation earlier or late but there's debate over whether clement wrote before john even wrote revelation so he is a second generation christian who mm-hmm. probably knew the apostles oh yeah yeah he's in rome he he probably knew Peter, at least Peter, he may have known Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he's saying that the apostles aren't going around establishing new apostles. Right. So there's there's the ceasing of the, of the office, office of of apostle. They're going around establishing elders and deacons, and then you've you've got quote after quote of of uh, uh, Augustine and and some of the early church fathers that explicitly talk about the gift of prophecy and tongues ceasing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that that carries over into the Reformation and right, and so th- this is a, an early belief that with the so the the with the passing of the apostles, there's not this continued office of apostle. Uh-huh. Uh, so already everyone's got to be a cessationist, right? Unless you believe that there's still apostles, you're you are at least a partial cessationist, right? Um, but if uh, if the apostles and the prophets are the foundation. foundation then there's there's good reason to believe that the office of prophet also has has ceased with well, the laying of the foundation. You don't continue laying the foundation. We have it right here. It's it's in God's word. We have the words of the apostles and the prophets, and um, they built the foundation. And now the church is being built on their teaching. Okay, I'm about to I'm about to uh, twist it up a little bit. Yeah, change it up because this 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 is still on this topic. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, it plays into another topic, which I think we're going to have to deal with: uh, authoritative women, uh, women in authority roles, yeah. preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I bring this up is because of what's going on. I mean, it's huge right yeah. right now in the SBC. So we're going to have to deal with it. Right. Well, I still want to do the Mark of the Beast episode. <laughs> we got to do it, man, because you know the people... everyone's already taken it, Jay. They've already. It's too late. Yeah, people are it's saying too late. The, people, the vaccine, yeah. The it's the COVID vaccine. It's the mark of the beast. So I, I want to do one. 
let's let's you know we don't want people like waiting <laughs> for the answer yeah no the vaccine the vaccine is not the mark, not of, the the mark of the beast <laughs> neither is credit cards or the the bar so scanner the bar scanners on products if you that's not if either. you uh if you feel like taking the vaccine is is your best the best decision for you and your health <laughs> by all means it's not the, <laughs> it's, it's not, not the, the mark, mark of the beast. you're not taking the mark of the beast you'll be okay yeah um okay but linked to the issue of women here here's what happens they say okay um the people who believe in continual prophecy mm-hmm. that is not like old testament prophecy they'll yeah. say look uh, women prophesy in first uh, corinthians 11 mm-hmm. there's instructions given women is, a woman is not to prophesy mm-hmm. uh, unless her head is covered yeah and so there's a woman prophesying. Yeah. And then he'll say, oh, but that contradicts Paul's other writings where he says, women are not to exercise authority over a man, mm-hmm. but she rather is to remain quiet and learn at home from her husband. So what they do is they say, look, this is just evidence that New Testament prophecy is not the same as the old, because he's allowing for a woman to prophesy in church. Yeah. Now, I don't believe that he is, because that he would flatly contradict himself. Right. I take uh, John MacArthur's view, which says, uh, he says that in the 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17 is a shift in his address. Mm. So prior to eleven seventeen, he says he's addressing the church in a general sense. But then he starts to address the, the gathered local assembly of the church. Because he says in there, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worst. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions among you. And then he gets into the way they take the Lord's Supper, uh, the spiritual gifts, tongues, and prophecy. So uh, I believe, and I don't know if MacArthur believes this about prophecy, in women, but I think he believed there were women prophets fulfilling uh, Joel. Yeah, I mean they're Acts. they're obviously because Philip had four daughters and they were all prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no. Um, <clears throat> so what I think they do, women, a woman prophet in the ner- in the early churches. I don't think they gave instruction, authoritative teaching like a man prophet mm-hmm. would. I think a woman's role would be to prophesy to the world. Because yeah. that's a role of a prophet as well. Right. A prophet in the Old Testament not only prophesies to Israel, but prof- pro- can prophesy to non-believers yeah. and to the ancient world. Yeah, I mean there was there was female prophets in the Old Testament. Yeah, um, Huldah uh-huh. is uh, she's the first example that pops into my mind. Yeah, and I don't so I don't think that they're exercising <clears throat> that gift in the in the in the way that would establish it authoritatively inside the church. I mm-hmm. think they're exercising it in a general sense in the world. Mm-hmm. And even two other believers, yeah. but not in the local and assembly. We, you know, there's there's questions that I've got about what this looked like, mm-hmm. um, because we don't live in that 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 time period. Like, I don't know what I don't know what this prophesying looked like, mm-hmm. um, or <laughs> speaking in tongues. Yeah. I don't know what that I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, I know it doesn't look like. I'll give you. That, a, I don't know. I know it doesn't look like that guy who's uh, who's singing. I want to give you one possible scenario. Okay, I'll throw this at you. All right. <clears throat> I think prophecy could have looked like this in the Old Testament. Okay, you become a believer. Mm-hmm. You're and say say you're a uh, you know thirty year old. You've got a child, and you become a believer, 
but your wife, she's she's like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. She's mean to you. She's rude to you. Um, she may even want to, has talked about divorcing you. Okay, you don't have God's canon to go to and say, what do I do in this situation? Right. We do now. Mm-hmm. In that same situation, you can go to the Bible and get answers for that situation. Right. Um, so then a person with the gift of prophecy, I think, comes to you, mm-hmm. and this is the body. Yeah. This is how just God's living organism of the church is working, I think, before maybe the canon. And they say to you, thus says the Lord, yeah. love your wife as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. Try to bring her up and love her, be selfless to her, don't divorce her. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's a definite possibility. That's your speculation. I mean, that's what that's what um, I, I can't remember which king it was that went to Huldah. I want to say it was Hezekiah. No, no, he had Isaiah. I'm not sure who went to Huldah, but that's what they did. They they had a question. We need to consult the prophet, mm-hmm. the, the prophetess, mm-hmm. and they would bring their question to her, and she would give an answer from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, what am I supposed to do in this particular s- situation? Yeah, let's go to the prophet. They'll tell us what to do. Yeah. It's from the Lord. We do it. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that that makes sense that that's what it would look like in the in the New Testament, also. Yeah. So there's, I mean, I think that as we'll see, that kind of answers mm-hmm. the issue we're going to address in the future, right? Which is women <clears throat> preachers in the church today, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It. Um, I think if we if we there's such a big like this this whole statement makes the gift of prophecy this big you mean this big the, th- the, their the prophetic standards prophetic standard yeah. statement yeah makes it this big office that is um just every time you come together there's going to be there's going to be prophecy there's going to be prophets that are speaking and i think if you look at the new testament um, it, if you just if you just pay attention to the first Corinthians in those three chapters, it seems like this is just happening all the time and just there's there's just dozens of prophets in every service and they're just constantly prophesying. But if you look at at the whole of the New Testament, it doesn't seem like the office of prophet is that prominent. Mm-hmm. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, like even in the book of Acts, I mean, you you probably can count on one hand how many prophets there are yeah. in the book of acts uh-huh. it's not this it, it's not like this explosion of of prophets right um it was vital and it it certainly was was there the the spirit was working in prophecy in the in the early church so how would but you it's then... not it's not this um you you don't see this big emphasis on it well, they'll say they'll say, well, what about uh, at Pentecost? Yeah, uh, Peter said this is jo- fulfilling Joel, mm-hmm. where he says, "I will pour out my spirit on all flesh." Right. What, what do you think that all flesh means? I, I think all believers get the Holy Spirit. They're they're indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I th- and I think it also means that means you and I have have the Spirit indwelling us. Yeah, yeah. And, well, th- but then he goes on to say, and their sons and daughters mm-hmm. will prophesy. That's right. why I bring that. Pull out my spirit on all flesh, and their sons and daughters will prophesy. Yeah. Um, I think that means probably, as it does usually, that it's a sign mm-hmm. that this that the kingdom of God has expanded outside of Israel. Right. So all flesh would mean, yeah, Jew and Gentile. Yeah, you lo- you look at um, look at the Holy Spirit's activity in the Old Testament. 
And there's debate even within reform circles of the extent of the Holy Spirit's work um, in the Old Testament saints. Um, but I think you can see that the Spirit comes upon certain people for a, a particular task. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's not on everybody. Mm-hmm. So you go to Numbers where, where Moses has these, 40, or these 70 elders that come and the spirit is poured out on them, and uh, Moses says, I, "I wish all of I wish the spirit would come on all of Israel." Yeah, obviously he doesn't, right? right? Um, and so you not you yet, ha- yeah. You have to take you have to take the the work of the spirit in the Old Testament into uh, account when you read that prophecy of Joel. Mm-hmm. Joel is talking about the new covenant where the spirit will be poured out on all all the people. Yes, um, not not just not just you know special people. But all the people will experience the blessings of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that means that everyone's going to prophesy. Mm-hmm. But I think he's making the point that something new has happened. Right, that the Spirit is going to be poured out in a way that he wasn't even in Moses's day. Right, that's good. Yeah, very good. Well, I think we've exhausted this. Well, I'm sure we could talk about more stuff, but we could. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, we're out of time. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think hopefully that was helpful for everyone. Mm-hmm. I know it was good for me to refresh myself on this stuff and look yeah. back at these texts and look through it, think through it um, to see what I believe about this and how it applies today. So, yeah. yeah, good. All right, thanks for joining us today. Hopefully this was beneficial to you as we talked about fallible prophecy and showing that there's no such thing. When God speaks... Uh, he speaks, it's a reflection, his speech is a reflection of his nature, and so it will always be perfect and accurate and true and trustworthy, and we can trust God's Word, and we have God's complete revelation here. We don't want to be running around, going off, sitting in the wilderness, thanking God, give me a private word. He's giving you a bunch of words, right here, right here. A whole bunch of words, you can never exhaust it. Take this out into the woods with you and read that and meditate on that, and you'll be greatly blessed. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, If this this has been a blessing, please like, subscribe, share, pass it along. It's our hope and our desire that this helps you to become more and more conformed to Christ.